I am unabashedly teaching this church the doctrines of the Word of God that I have heard since I was a child, that it's kept me in my walk with God, and it'll keep you in your walk with God. Amen. How many is thankful for the Word of God? Amen. Psalms 133. I'm going to read three verses of Scripture. Actually, I'm going to read the whole chapter. Praise God. And uh, don't get nervous. It's only three verses. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And, uh, you know, sometimes a man of God will get up and he'll read a whole bunch of Scripture. And, and, and I love the Word of God. The Word of God tells us that Ezra, the high priest, he stood up and began to read the Word of God. And all the people stood. Amen. They bowed their faces to the ground. They stood all day long. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for standing in honor to the Word of God. Psalms 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And this is one of the few places in the Word of God where, you'll, where you will see an exclamation point. Amen. Is that in your Bible? Do you have that in your Bible? Praise God. Is it on the board? Praise God. Amen. That thing's full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You just never know what a computer will do for you. Have you ever noticed on your ungodly Apple or Android device is that when you mess something up talking about God, it doesn't autocorrect for you, does it? No. It's because ungodly people program them phones. And they don't want nothing to do with God. If I misspell church, it doesn't correct it for me. If I misspell capital G-O-D, it doesn't correct it for me. If I say something that's close to a cuss word unintentionally, you can guarantee that it'll fill it right in right now. Amen. You ought to thank God for your Bible. Amen. Get your face in the Bible, in the book. Amen. Amen. And find out what it says. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Praise God. Let's ask God to help us tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I thank you for your people, God, that have come here to this house tonight. God, I ask you, Lord, to touch them with a special anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can you stretch your hands up to heaven and say, I love you, Jesus. Who do you love tonight? Lord, I love you. God, I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated.
Brother Marshall, you better give me some little bit of monitor up here. Amen. Bring me that water jug. Praise God. Amen. I need some water. I'm like, an, I'm like a, a windmill. You keep giving me water, I'll keep going. Excuse me. Praise God. Amen. I just want to talk to the church tonight and teach you about unity. Amen. Amen. Getting in one mind and one accord. Turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Amen. We'll start there and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 2. And uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Jesus in the New Testament sent his laborers out, his disciples out two by two. Amen. That's not a square. Amen. That means they went out in pairs. Praise God. Hallelujah. And they went out and preached the gospel. They knocked on doors. They went into the synagogues. Um, today's world, the synagogue was a place where the Jews would gather together. And uh, so they would go to where people were going to church, and they would dispute the word of God. Amen. They would preach the word of God. They would teach the word of God. Uh, in the book of Acts chapter, I believe it's 4, Acts chapter 3, Amen, that Peter and, and John were going up to the temple being the ninth hour of prayer. Amen, and they found the lame man sitting at the gate beautiful. Amen, and a miracle happened when they were going to church in pairs. Praise God. They were going together. You know, I want to encourage this church. Amen, I feel like the devil, if he can't get us from the outside, he tries to get us from the inside. Amen, and he'll try to bring division into the church. He'll try to bring into the church hard feelings, and he'll try to bring into the church, uh, amen, all different types of things that will try to tear the church up from the inside. And so what we have to do as children of God, we've got to say, okay, amen, I see what the devil's trying to do, and I'm not going to be part of that. I'm going to keep on praying. Amen. I'm going to keep on having revival. I'm going to keep on believing God. I'm going to keep on amen in the preacher. Amen. Hey, it's important that you get with the man of God during the preaching. Thank you, brother. Amen. And uh, most people cannot be a sound man and make it to heaven. And uh, there's, a, there's a few good sound men. Praise God. And I guess if you're a, a lady and you run sound, you're a sound lady. Praise God. And uh, praise God. But we just have sound men in this church. Hallelujah. You say, why don't you have sound ladies? Well, it's a little too tight back there for a man and a woman to be in there together. So we have men back there working together. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Everyone say amen. amen. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor, notice verse 10, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone, woe to him that is alone. Let's read it together, woe to him that is alone. You know what the devil tries to do is he tries to isolate you first of all. He tries to get you off by yourself. 
He'll try to tell you that nobody loves you. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. You know what? That's, that is so untrue. Amen. And so if the devil's telling you that, amen, say, wait a minute. That's not the word of God. God loves me. My pastor loves me. The pastor's wife loves me. The people in the church love me. Well, glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I'm just going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to say something, sister. Amen. While I am. Uh, while I'm Thank God for the church. Amen. Thank God for all you women in the church. Thank God for all you girls in the church. Praise God. Hey, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't, none of us would be here. <laughs> That's profound, isn't it? Hallelujah. Hey, if you haven't told your mom you love her today, you better tell her, love you, mom. I beat you to it. Amen. Thank God for my mom. Amen. But it says, for if they fall, you say, Pastor, what would bring that to mind? And you'd preach about that. Well, number one, I've got a wife and I've got a daughter. Amen. Thank God for my wife. She's my, uh, she's my right hand. She's half of my brain. Amen. Amen. You say, are you serious, Pastor? Well, we... We, we took an IQ test together, and we, we took that thing, and we smoked it. Hey, man, we got a 180 together. And I promise you, I wouldn't have got a 180 by myself. Because <laughs> there was a whole bunch. You say, Pastor, what are you, where are you saying these? Because you need someone to help. You say, well, I don't have a husband or I don't have a wife. Then get you someone in the house of God that you can pray together with, amen, that you can do things together with and be a friend. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, but I'm tired of all the disunity. I'm tired of the, of the things in the church that's driving wedges between saints in the church, uh, Amen. Get it out of your heart and spirit. It's not the will of God. Amen. And if you've got a sharp tongue, take a file to it and get it dulled down. Amen. Don't start in on these young people. Man, I was taught if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. 
I try to tell these young guys up here, man, I like that suit. And I'm not lying to them either. If I was skinny, I'd wear one too. When you get to my side, you just take whatever you can get. And I'm not going down to buy a custom suit because I don't like to have everybody measure me. I say, that tape's lying. Where do you where in the world did you get that at? <laughs> well, hey, I'm serious. Hey, Amen. My wife says, oh, babe, they just make those clothes. They, t- they just put whatever size on there and makes you feel good. And I said, you got to be kidding. She said, no. And I was like, well, dial some more of them up then. <laughs> God, you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about unity. Amen. What would happen, church? We've got to get together in one mind and one accord. On the day of Pentecost, I haven't forgot it. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in one mind and one accord. Amen. I don't believe it's just to see the Holy Ghost poured out. I believe it's to see great revival. Amen. I was I was listening to my wife, and she said uh, there was some sisters. Uh, preacher's wives that got up, I believe, at peak. And they were talking about the, the, the movement of these lifestyles of sin that the world promotes in a very uh, uh, contentious, in a very uniform, in a very uh, pointed manner. They, they're after, the reason why they're after your children is because they can't have any children. You can amen me or sit there, amen, and look at me, but I'm going to preach the word of God anyhow. And she said all three of those women, the reason why they are having such a great success in convincing people to become, amen, what God has not created them to be is because they are accepting and they are loving. They tell people, we don't care, amen, what walk of life you came from, amen, we're going to love you no matter what. Very perverse. But I thought in my mind, what would happen if the church, hey man, when somebody walked through those doors, hey man, that it doesn't matter, hey man, whether they've got a normal family, an abnormal family, hey man, a family that might even be from a lifestyle that's an abomination to God, that we tell them, hey, we love you, hey man, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You know what happens when God fills somebody with the Holy Ghost that's of that lifestyle? He delivers them. I said, God will set him free. Jesus told Capernaum, he said, if the works had been done in you, or had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah had been done in you, they would have repented with sackcloth and ashes. And I thought about that. And I thought, you know, the, the very thing that God, there's only one unforgivable sin, and that's blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And if you say that God cannot do something, amen, then number one, you're putting a limit on God. But number two, you're saying the Holy Ghost can't transform somebody. I don't want to ever get close to that. Amen, God can do whatever he wants. Jesus said, if you don't worship me, he said, those rocks are immediately going to cry out. 
Amen. We are commanded to worship God, to love. But what would happen if the church would love? And you know where it starts? It starts at home. If you see a, if you see a kid, and, and thank God we don't have any in our church, we, you just get ready with revival. You just never know what's going to walk through the door. But you just get ready. Uh, thank God we don't have kids going around uh, punching each other in the face and dotting each other's eyes. And, and uh, we've had it in the past. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you know what? The church rolls on. And those people either change or they're not part of the church anymore. We'll get a little quiet. But what would happen if somebody would walk through those doors that's a little bit on the dysfunctional side and doesn't have it all together? The church has got to love them. And you know where it starts? It starts right here. Right here. Jesus, Jesus said, uh, well, how many times am I supposed to forgive my brother and my sister? You know, if somebody, if somebody punched you in the face, you wouldn't be really pleased with them, would you? You know, I don't think I've ever seen Brother Carlos get mad. I'll hand the mic to his mom and dad. You're sitting, man, he's really fanning now, folks. <laughs> but if somebody says, oh, I'm so sorry, Brother Carlos, please forgive me. I forgive you. And they do it again, pow. Pretty soon you say, hey, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you back. That's a natural reaction. It's, not, it's a natural reaction to strike back at something. But Jesus said you still have to forgive them. Amen. Forgive and forget. Let it go. Let's have revival. Amen. If somebody, if somebody says something offensive to you, say, I forgive you in Jesus' name. You say, well, pastor, it hurts. I understand. I've been hurt. Many times by words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You're a liar. Sticks and stones will break your bones, and words will do worse. That's why you better be careful what you say to your children. You better be careful what you say to your husband or to your wife. I'm looking at all you married folks now. Everybody that's not married is saying, whoo. I won't tell anybody that you talk to yourself. <laughs> hey, man, come on, somebody. Unity. And you say, well, where in the world do we learn how to love people in the house of God? Where do your children learn how to love people? At home. Amen. Uh, if you see a kid that's scrapping and fighting all the, all the time, most likely they're seeing it at home. 
Man, I'm walking through it now. But you know something, church? We've got to have the anointing. Amen. I said we've got to have the anointing. And my Bible says that two are better than one. And then what happens is when you get God all mixed up in it, amen, things can begin to change in your life, Mom. Amen. When you get the Holy Ghost and you get God in your marriage, God can put your marriage back together. God, and you say, well, Pastor, my, mar my marriage is messed up. It it'll never be put back together. I'm talking about if it's possible, amen, God can put your marriage back together. Amen. I said God can do anything. Amen. God can change someone's heart. God can change someone's mind. My grandmother, she, she dreamed. My grandfather died without the Holy Ghost. But she dreamed one time. Uh, that she was getting ready to shove him off of a ship. Amen. That she was sick and tired of his, his mouth, his ways, his hatred. Amen. And she was getting ready to shove him off a ship so that he would die in the ocean. This is a dream. Not literal. And she heard a noise splashing around underneath below my grandpa. And so before she shoved him off, she walked over to the edge of the ship and looked down, and my aunt was swimming around underneath him, going to catch him from a high distance. And God impressed upon her in that dream that if you shove him over or shove him out, that is going to kill your daughter. Well, you know who's still alive today, and there's hope for the power of the Holy Ghost to transform, transform her is my aunt, Penny Lovett. And I'm praying that God somehow will get a hold of her heart. Amen. That God will draw her to an altar of repentance. Hey, I'm telling you. Amen. That if you'll hear the word of God tonight, God wants to do some miracles in your family. You say, Pastor, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't either. But I serve a God that's able to put, amen, lives back together. You need to think about your life before God and how you got into the church and how God said, come on somebody, I'm reaching for you right now that God can do anything but fail you. And don't be discouraged. Be thankful that God has brought you into the church. Amen. And keep, you say, well, pastor, I don't know how it's all going. Just keep praying about it. Just keep praying about it. Keep praying about it. Keep praying about it. Keep praying. Don't stop praying about it. Keep praying. Because you know what prayer do? His prayer will strengthen you. Amen. Prayer will increase your faith. Amen. Prayer will increase your, amen, your children's faith. Amen. You'll raise them in the church. Amen. If God sees fit to put things back together, it'll happen. Praise God. That wasn't in my notes. I guess that's for free. Because a three-fold cord is not easily broken. A three-fold cord is not easily broken. What happens when you get God all intertwined in your life is there's no devil in hell that can rip you out of this church. I read, I read books about old men of God. And 
there's I'm reading a book now about Brother H. Terry, uh, Ella and Ethan, Joel. They all like to read them. And uh, I'm reading Brother Terry's book again. And he said that during one of the greatest financial trials of his ministry, amen, he said that there were, there were 35 people that left the church. And he said it, they were in a middle of a building program, and it devastated them. Amen. But he said that God sent a man by the name of Verbal Bean. How many has ever heard of Verbal Bean? Amen. And that man began to preach. And at the end of that revival, 100 new people received the Holy Ghost. 100 people stayed in the church. Amen. God increased his faith. God added back. Amen. When God, hey, when God prunes a tree, you know what he does? Is it causes more fruit to grow. It causes there to be, amen, greater growth in the kingdom of God. Don't be afraid. You say, oh, I'm so afraid I might lose something out of my life or I might have to lay something down. What would be wrong if God pruned something out of your heart? Amen. Nobody likes to have anything cut off. Man, I hope you're hearing me tonight. Amen. Nobody in here likes likes to prune stuff out of your life. We all like to have everything just, oh, man, I I feel so good about life. And, and God says, you know something? You need to work on this, this, and this in your life. There are some things you need to, to work on. You need to work on your home life. You need to work on your children. You know what the Bible says to all you children? It says to obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And there's, there's a lot of you that are getting to the age where you can make your own decisions. And thank God you're growing. And thank God I'm, I'm proud of all of you going to school and, and getting educated but it doesn't make you smarter than your mom and dad. Maybe in book learning. Amen. But you have to understand something is that if it was not for them and their burden for you to live for God and to see the best for you, you, wouldn't be, you, you would not have the opportunity that you have right now. The Bible says to obey your parents in the Lord. You say, well, some of my parents aren't in the church. Obey the ones that are in the church. Don't let the ones that are outside the church have influence in your walk with God. Amen, Pastor. That's not popular preaching, but I don't care. I'm going to preach it anyhow. Amen. The parents that are in the church, hey, mom and dad, you've got a responsibility, amen, to live for God and be the example to your children. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in one mind and one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. You know what happens is when we get in the, in, in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, there is nothing that can stop the church. There's nothing that can stop revival. Thanks, thank you for all those amens. Amen. The church, the devil's tried to stop the church for a long time. Amen. He tried to crucify it at Calvary. And then he tried to burn it at the stake. He tried to thrust it through with a spear. He tried to chop its head off. 
Amen. For the first 300 years, everybody baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's proven. Catholic Church, everybody baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then the Catholic Church, they instituted Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the Council of Nicaea in AD 325, instituted Father, Son, and Holy Ghost baptism. And then the church became persecuted even more. It went into the dark ages. Amen. But there has always been the church. There has always been people receiving the Holy Ghost. There has always been people getting baptized in Jesus' name. There's always been one God apostolic preachers, amen, to preach the truth, amen, and to teach the church, amen, don't become entangled with the affairs of this life, for no man that warreth entangleth himself with those affairs. You've got to get entangled with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and seeing the multitudes. I don't believe that this seeing the multitudes, that Jesus was just observing a vast number of people. Yesterday I was observing a vast number of people. And I thought to myself, man. They've come out of the woodwork. And here we are. See, but no, Jesus was seen more than just people. He was seeing the souls of men. Seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It doesn't, it's, this is not talking about worldly wealth, amen, but it's talking about understanding that without God, we are nothing. How do you get rich in the spirit? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is talking about people, amen, having the attitude that I've got to have more of God. A one-time experience is not enough. Amen. Coming to church one time a month or twice a year is not a month enough. I've got to come every day, every minute, every opportunity. I'm coming to the house of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. We're apostolic. We worship God. This is not just something that is tokenal. Amen. This is something, amen, that is a lifestyle. It becomes part of who we are. Amen. What we are going to be. What are we going to be? We know that when he appears that we shall be like him. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Thank God for the comfort of the Holy Ghost. I don't ever want to find out how the world handles death or tragedy without the Holy Ghost. Man, I'm like everybody else. When something tragic happens, it's like a dagger goes into my heart. And I'm like, oh, God, I need your help right now. And I start calling on the name of Jesus. I start praying. And you know what happens? Amen. It's the Holy Ghost. It bears me up. 
Yeah. If it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, I would dash my foot against a stone. I would stumble and fall. But with the Holy Ghost, you know what happens? Is those things that are stumbling stones, stumbling blocks, they become a stepping stone. I'd step up on that, but it'd probably break. Actually, it'd probably tip over. Hallelujah. Hey, man, you got to get some stepping stones in your walk with God. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Don't take my meekness for weakness. Amen. I said don't take my meekness for weakness. But I am going to be a meek and humble person. Amen. Don't pride goeth before destruction. Pride goeth before destruction. Amen. If you see someone fall into destruction, it's because a a spirit of pride gets a hold of them. Oh, the devil don't like this teaching tonight. But I'm going to teach it anyhow. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Where do we get righteousness from? It's from God, from the power of the Holy Ghost. Righteousness is a state of being right, not self-righteous, not self-right. I've had people accuse me of being, you're just self-righteous. I'm so, well, I'm sorry if, if I've come across that way, because, but I promise you I'm not trying to be that way. Amen. But I want to be righteous. I want to be right with God. Is there anything wrong with being right with God? No. Sin brings what? Condemnation. And the Holy Ghost brings righteousness. And so it's okay to be right with God. It's, I, I'm, not, I'm not righteous to tell everybody, see, I'm right and you're wrong. No. I want to have Bible study and show you the Word of God. Hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. When do we need mercy? When we're in, when we're in the hot seat. When we're in trouble. How many, how many's in here, how many has ever needed mercy before? I've needed mercy. One time I passed a car and that car, it was actually a van and it looked like a olive drab green van and it was a highway patrol. And he pulled me over and says, you passed in a no-passing zone. I said, sir, I did not. I said, that was a broken yellow line on my side. He said, nope. He says, I'm writing you a ticket. And I went back and looked for myself, and when I got past the intersection, it was a broken yellow line on my side, which means I could pass. And I was like, man, I just got a ticket for doing right. So you know what I did? Is I put my suit and tie on. I was about 19 years old. I didn't have any money. Didn't have money for a lawyer. And I took pictures and I drew it up on a whiteboard 
And I hauled my easel and my whiteboard into the courtroom. And they were all kind of looking at me like, who's this guy? (laughs) He certainly doesn't look old enough to be a lawyer. And he has on a suit and a tie, and he has an easel and a whiteboard with drawings all over it. And they called for Nathan Carricker in the state of Kansas. Actually, it was Reno County. And that judge says, sir, he says, what do you got there? And I said, well, I just want to show you the reason why I'm not guilty today. And he, and he says, well, I'm going to make it easy on you. He said, the highway patrolman didn't show up in court. And he said, so we're just going to dismiss the ticket. He said, does that help out any? And I said, thank you very much. <laughs> he had mercy on me that day. But blessed are the merciful. If you're always got you now, you know what's going to happen to someday. Somebody's going to haul you before the judge, and somebody's going to say, I got you now. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers. Is that what it says? Blessed are the peacemakers. That's not the cult peacemaker either. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. I've had it done to me. You've had it done to you. But you know what? Jesus said we're blessed. We're blessed. Amen. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now listen to verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. What gives us our savor? What gives us our savor? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gives us our savor. We are the salt of the earth. We give the earth, amen, the consistency. We give it the mineral, if you please. We give it the ability to have revival. And I don't think you all caught that. We give give this world that we live in the opportunity to have a revival because of the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because revival is not continuing on in the same old sin. Jesus said, hey, I come to save you from your sin, not in your sin. Uh, And the Holy Ghost is that opportunity to get people out of sin. (coughs) You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill, that is set on a hill, cannot be hid. You stick out. Like a sore thumb. You are a light on a hill. 
Amen. Everybody notices you on the job. Everybody notices you. Amen. When you walk down the street. Everybody notices you when you speak. Amen. You about can't read the news anymore because they want to put all the four-letter words in the news now. He said, oh, pastor, they leave, all, they leave all the consonant and vowels out. Exactly. They're putting the four-letter words in the news. You're still reading a four-letter word. Your brain fills in the blank that fast. And so you know what that's telling me is that this world operates on immorality. It operates on vile speech. And when you come in and you talk like a normal, civilized human being, that's being, not being. That's what my mom said I used to say. Was that we're human beings. That's being. When you talk like a normal, civilized human being. Everybody says, I perceive you're a Christian. Where do you go to church at? Well, you know, back way back, most people talked normal and didn't take God's name in vain. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And you say, well, cussing's not taking God's name in vain. No, it's talking with filthy language. Amen. That's why we don't talk the way the world talks. Amen. We don't say it in English. We don't say it in Spanish. We don't say it in Chinese. We don't say it any way we talk with a, when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, he cleans your mouth up. Amen. I asked a guy one time, I said, what's he saying all the time in Spanish? He says, you don't want to know, preacher. I said, oh, sorry. I said, sorry I asked. He said, he's cussing very bad. Hey, remember, church, we are a holy nation. And it's not just a church. We're holy all the time. Don't get involved with it at work. Don't get involved with it at school. Amen. Be a light. 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 Let, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. They can say, hey, amen, God has really got a hold of your life. God's changed you. Amen. My Bible says that a lot of times, amen, that ungodly spouses can be saved by the chaste conversation of the wife. Amen. So that's the Beatitudes. That's the way we should be. Praise God. What time is it? Man, I'm, I'm doing good. It's only 7 o'clock. Plus 45 minutes. <clears throat> How do we act in the house of God? We have to, the physical treatment of the house of God 
is I think most of us adults, <coughs> we don't come in here and tear stuff up. Amen. And uh, I remember my dad going around fixing pews. And uh, my dad was always kind of vocal. The pews around my dad very much. I heard, I heard a little fur there in the in the pews. But my dad would say, you know, sometimes he would say stuff that was on his mind, and and he would go. Oh. I may remember him doing that. He go. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. But I never heard him gripe about fixing pews. And he would always be here. He'd, he'd be laying on the floor. And, and I thought to myself, you know the reason why after I, I fixed a few, I've seen other men in here fix pews. And I was in here the other day, and I was fixing, fixing loose arms. And I said, it's because people are coming to church and using those pews. And just over time, those arms, they get loose. And you've got to do some maintenance. Thank God for a church that gets used. That after, after 50 years, a building needs to be replaced because it's been, amen, it's been used by the people of God. And God is, amen, there's been a lot of babies born on these pews and, and children that have come into the house of God. Come on, church. Amen, it's time to have another revival. Amen, but in the meantime, we still got to treat the house of God right. Amen. Amen. My kids probably literally cut their teeth on the back of the pew, as many of you did. Amen. Uh, there's probably teeth marks in here if you look really close. But we have to train our children. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Amen. If an adult tells your child what to do, amen, back that adult up. Amen. And if an adult gets on to your child, back that adult up. I told my dad one time, I said, Dad, that wasn't the truth. And he says, well, that whooping was for all the ones I missed. Then there were times where people would bring me by my ear to my dad. He said, oh, why would, why would little short Sister White do that? How many remember Sister White? She was about 4 foot 11. She's a little bitty woman. And I went into her class. That was when we still had the window in the kitchen. And Kenny Marshall, he was... They were all praying, dismissing their class, and I got the bright idea to sneak in there and reach through that window and thump Kenny on the ear. Thump. And, man, Kenny squalled. Sister White looked up. She said, what are you doing? And I was like, I just made a mistake. <laughs> I was 13 years old and six foot tall. And Sister White, she jumped up and grabbed my ear. And she walked me to my dad. And my dad said, what in the world did he do? 
She proceeded to let him know. And she wasn't real pleased with me. You know what? When I got home, it was bad. You ever had a bad day like that? Man, I've had some bad days. Woo! But you know what? I, I, I survived. I, I got through it all. Oh, this world today is, oh, you can't spank your child. You know what? The Bible, my Bible says, and we still have religious freedom. My Bible says if you don't spank your child, you hate your child. Praise God. I don't care what the Internet says. I don't care what some weirdo that gets on the Internet and tries to put a little blog site on it and says, oh, you shouldn't spank your child. That's hogwash. The Word of God says, train them up. Amen. You know, my brain is perfectly fine most of the time. And I can remember getting set in the corner. And I can remember, you say, oh, that'll, that'll mentally damage a, a child. Really? Man, I would have been Einstein then. <laughs> hey, oh, I'm having a good time here tonight. You train your children up. Hey, man, my kids don't tell me what to do. I don't care if they're 23 years old. I tell them what to do. Now, Joel, he don't live at home anymore, so if you make a mistake, bud, that's on you, not on me. But I still tell him, I'm, until the day I die, I'm going to tell him what I think. Amen, because that's apostolic. In fact, it's Old Testament. The apostles and the prophets. It said, you teach them. You're Son and your son's son and his son. That means you're probably going to live to be a great grandpa. So that means get it in gear and open up your mouth. It's all right for all you grandma and grandpas out there to have your say. It doesn't always, it doesn't always mean that mom and dad are going to do what, they, what you tell them to do, but you can have your say. God. You know who's responsible for your daughter? You are. And while I might be grandpa and I might have a say about it, it's his decision ultimately. Amen. No, I don't run his household. Ask him. I got my own house and mow the grass at. If he don't mow his grass, that's his problem. You say, why do you say that? Because it just comes to mind. If he doesn't paint his house, that's his problem, not mine. I've got a house that needs to be painted right now. That's his responsibility. Hey, man, if you got a house, take care of it. 
Amen. Put, put a roof on it. If you don't put a roof on it, it'll fall apart. Amen. If you get a hailstorm, don't pocket the money. Put a roof on it. You say, well, I need that money. Then crawl yourself up on that roof and tear it off and put a roof on and pay yourself to do it. But if you get a hailstorm and you don't replace your roof, in about 10 years, your house will fall apart. Oh, no, 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 no. You get water running down into it, it will fall apart. It's kind of like taking care of your spiritual house. It's the same thing. You just got to do it in the physical. Amen. How we present ourselves to God physically. Galatians 5.19 says the work of the flesh is uncleanness. And that's not just of mind and spirit, but also of the body. Amen. So cleanliness is next to godliness. Man that used to be in this church liked to correct Pastor Elder all the time. And tell him, well, that's not scriptural. Okay? It may not be word for word. But my Bible says that a work of the flesh is uncleanness. Amen. You know what? When God saved you from the world... Amen. Learn how to clean yourself up, clean your house up, clean your children up. That's what apostolics do is they take care of what God gives them and they don't squander what God gives them. You say, Pastor, have you been to my house? No, I haven't. And if I have been to your house, I've told you what to do. Do it. Say amen, Pastor. Amen. And... Uh, I don't tell you anything that I don't do. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. If you're hearing this online, you probably will never hear it again. So listen in. We're not all a bunch of weirdos. Amen. But we do preach the word of God. Amen. We dress our best. We look our best. And we give God our best. Amen. When I come to church, I'm not coming to church with holes in my jeans. That's all you've got to wear. Put them on and come to church. But God will bless you to where you can have better clothes to come to church in. Amen. Amen. My Bible says you start paying your tithe and your offering that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Amen. When he pours you out a blessing, you'll have enough money to buy some decent clothing. Amen. You can buy clothes with sleeves in the shirts. You can buy clothes that your shirt goes all the way down to your waist where it's supposed to be. People nowadays, they pay good money and they don't have any clothes on from here down. And their, their pants are missing from here down. Or they're so poor they go to Walmart in their pajamas. My wife says, why don't you like those pants? I said, because they look like pajamas. Praise God. There's times, there's times where I'm, I'm dressed. Man, this is a weird Sunday night message, isn't it? And I'm like, man, I hope nobody sees me in Walmart. So I go, I sneak in the back way. Got grease on my jeans and. What do you do for a living? 
I'm a logger. <laughs> I was last Thursday. <laughs> I was cutting trees. Praise God. So how we present our God, ourselves to God mentally. The third hour in the Word of God is around 9 o'clock. The sixth hour is around noon. The ninth hour is around 3. What are we doing with our time? What are we doing with our thought processes? Third John 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I wish that in, above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, in health even as thy soul prospers. Amen. How we present ourselves to God spiritually. Amen. When we come to church, we have pre-service prayer, 30 minutes before the service starts. We have worship. Everyone say worship. Amen. I, I, I want everybody worshiping. Amen. But when you come up here and worship, it's not time to talk. It's not time to cut up. It's not time for the kids to come up here and have romper room. Teach them how to worship. Lift their hands. Say, it's time to lift our hands to the Lord. Lift your hands high. Hallelujah. You say, I want my kids to lift their hands up and worship God. Then get your hands up and worship God. Amen. I want my kids to dance and shout. Then get up here and dance and shout. They're watching you, Mom and Dad. Amen. I think I've seen everybody in this church at some point dance and shout. Even, even the older folks. I remember Sister Dean, man, she'd, she'd squeal and run the aisles. She's, what are you, 82? And it's a little hard to do that now. But in her, in her youth, I remember Sister Dean running the aisles. I remember my mom, amen, she'd cut a rug. Praise God. Amen. You know what, young people, we've got it to do. Amen. We've got a responsibility to worship God. We've got a responsibility. And when you run the aisles, be careful. Don't run somebody over. Amen. Run with your eyes wide open. Amen. We had a man uh, by the name of David Enfinger. Hope he's listening tonight. Amen. And one, one night he was running the aisle so fast we had two rows of metal chairs. And he was a he was a skinny guy, kind of like, kind of like Brother Isaiah, and he could run like the wind. And uh, he came around there, and he realized he wasn't going to make the corner, and he's going to run through the chairs. So he hurdled the first row. The second row is a little too far. Amen. So when you're worshiping God, Amen. Worship God and praise God. Amen, but don't hurt somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise Amen. Uh, we have worship. We, have, we worship God. We present ourselves to God in our giving. We present ourselves to God in the preaching with our response to the word of God. And all the people said amen. amen. We have the altar. And we have church after church. You say, what's that? Amen. That's where we all fellowship. We talk. 
Amen. We talk to people in the parking lot. And while I'm on that, if you are a teenager below the age of 18, you stay right here in the sanctuary unless your mom and dad is out there on the parking lot with you. And, and when your mom and dad's out there on the parking lot, you're not running crazy doing whatever you want on the parking lot. You're with your mom or your dad on the parking lot. That's always been a rule of this church. No little child should ever be out on that parking lot unless mom and dad has control of them. And common sense tells you why. Amen. Because we don't want anybody to get hurt. Amen. You big boys, leave your hands off of the little boys. Don't pinch them. Don't hit them. Don't do anything to them. Stay away from them. Is that understood? Amen. You say, Pastor, why are you, why are you talking about that? It's because when somebody gets hurt, amen, it causes all kinds of problems in the house of God. Amen, Pastor Carricker. Do not put your hands on other people. Some of you got a bad problem with running static while I'm preaching. And when I say something that you think's funny, you, you say something about it. I've watched you. Ephesians 6 and 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. What, is, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say about how we're to treat somebody? What did he say? Thank you, Sister Wines. Does anybody know where that's at? Turning your Bibles to Matthew. Praise God. says, ask, Matthew 7 and 7, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock. You know, that shouldn't have killed the spirit in here, what I just said. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell, tell all of you, all you parents, and thank God that we don't have any brawling young ladies. Amen. Now, we're, we're getting a chuckle out of that, but I have seen young ladies in our church in the past that fight. And sometimes they don't fight with their fists, but they fight with their mouth. But if you don't get control of yourself now, when you grow up, if you don't learn discipline now, there will be somebody later on that will tell you what to do when to do it. I was talking to a man and he has a lot, he has extensive experience with working with these men out here at the prison. And thank God there's a bunch of them getting the Holy Ghost or getting baptized in Jesus' name. But he said, one thing I've learned about all of these men, that if they were 15 years old when they went into prison, when they come out of the prison, they stopped growing at 15 years of age. 
because everybody tells him when to wake up. He tells him when to eat. Tells him what color of clothes to put on. Well, you can say amen or sit there like a bump on a dill pickle, but it's the truth anyhow. And you better understand right now that you're in a training process. And that if you don't get it right now, somebody will tell you what to do later on. And you don't want that. I don't want that. Amen. Amen. I've seen it over and over. That if you'll train your children and teach them to do right and keep them full of the Holy Ghost, they'll be a productive saint of God. If they choose after they turn 18 that I'm not living for God, that's on them, not on you. But we still have a responsibility to train up our children. Train them up. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Or what man of you is there that... Whom if his son asks bread, will he give a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly, shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you. How many, how many likes good things to happen to you? What about the rest of you? All right. Do you even so to them? If you want somebody to say nice things to you, say nice things to them. If you want somebody to treat you right, treat them right. This is both ways now. I promise you, young guys, you get your beautiful wife, and you don't treat her like you want to be treated, it won't be the most pleasant experience in all seriousness. That's why it's important that you pray about who you're going to marry. Young ladies, remember that. Treat your husband like you want to be treated. Amen. All the rest of you listening in, that was for free. Treat each other with love. Is this all right tonight? Amen. I'm not taking it back. Amen. I'm going to preach the word of God. I'm preaching to you the word of God. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Praise God. Jesus then said in verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto what? Life, and few there be that find it. Thank God for the Holy Ghost here tonight. Amen. Amen. I've went about as long as I can go tonight. I still have a lot of notes. And I'll come back to it probably Wednesday night. Amen. Why don't we all stand tonight, lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, I love you, Jesus.
God, I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, I praise you, Lord, for what you're doing. God, I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you for the strength of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your people. God, ask that you would go with us this week, God. Help us to be a, a living testimony, a living epistle, read of all men. God, help us to hold the light of the gospel. Oh, God, help us to let it shine bright in the name of Jesus. We praise you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, praise God. Amen. Everyone say praise the Lord. Amen. Greet one another before you leave. Amen. Brother, in fact, before you leave, go ahead and be seated. Brother Manchie, you have an announcement I forgot about. Praise God. <laughs>